I'm Silas Farley, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to Hear the Dance. In this episode, we turn our attention to a ballet by Jerome Robbins entitled In the Night. Jerome Robbins, affectionately known as Jerry, choreographed this ballet in 1970 to a series of four piano nocturnes by Frédéric Chopin. Jerry choreographed this work for three couples, Kay Mazo with Anthony Blum, Violette Verdi with Peter Martins, and Patricia McBride with Francisco Mancion. To illuminate our exploration of In the Night, I recently sat down with three members of the City Ballet community who are closely involved with this work. Original cast member Kay Mazo, a former City Ballet principal who then served for many years as chairman of faculty at the School of American Ballet, where she still teaches. Christine Redpath, former City Ballet soloist who later became Jerry's assistant and continues to care for the Robbins Ballets as a repertory director at City Ballet, and Unity Phelan, a current City Ballet principal dancer who has performed multiple roles in this exquisite work. Let's listen in. Kay Mazo, Christine Redpath, Unity Phelan, welcome to the Hear the Dance podcast. It's such a joy to be with each of you tonight. I wanted to start by asking each of you how you came to be involved in this beautiful ballet, In the Night, by Jerome Robbins, and I thought I'd just ask each of you. So, Kay, how did you first become involved with this ballet? Jerry decided he was going to make a ballet to the beautiful music that he did, the Chopin music, after dances at a gathering. Mm. And so he um, worked with Tony Blum and I, Anthony Blum and I, and he choreographed the first movement of the ballet for us. It's amazing. It was. And he, and he did it quickly. It's not how Jerry used to work. It was more difficult for him, but for some reason, this came very quickly. I think all of it did. I remember the last movement with all six of us together was done in, seemed like an instant, especially after working with Jerry a lot on dances, which was not an instant. <laughs> six months of, um, you know, 10 hours a day, it felt like every day, but this was very quick and very pleasant. That's amazing. And Christine, how did you first become involved with In the Night? Well, I had seen it. I was in dances in the 70s with another team after Kay's team, and of course watched it a lot because I loved watching it. Wasn't involved in it as a dancer, and after I left the company, came back as Jerry's assistant, then I was going to all the rehearsals and writing down notes for him, so I was watching, And but he, Victor was in charge of that mostly, and then when Victor passed, I took it on here, and so that's how that came about, but it was just being around it, absorbing it, and watching him work with people, and writing down what he was mm -hmm. saying to as corrections or changes or whatever he was doing with it, so, wow. yeah. And, and Unity, how did you become involved with In the Night? I definitely saw it as a student. I remember seeing it because I remember I looked up so much to Maria Krauske when mm. she did that second pas de deux. And her and Janie Taylor, I would anything they were dancing, I was like, I want to dance that. <laughs> I need to dance that. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got became involved with the ballet, I was understudying Maria Krauske in the back of her exact room. Mm. So I remember that as like a, a very cool moment for me, anytime I got to stand, and anytime I get, because it's continuing, get to stand and understudy, I take it as a huge opportunity to mm. learn from the people who danced everything before me. So it's a wonderful ballet, and I think that exploring it, as I've been able to, has been very fulfilling and kind of like a gift. Yeah, You get to grow more every time you 
get to take on the character. That's fantastic. Kay and Christine in particular, where was Jerry in his life personally and creatively when he began choreographing in the night? I just remember it was after dances. Yeah. And I think he... I'll just backtrack a bit because when we, again, rehearsed dances for months and months and hours and hours, I think none of us knew if it was going to be the extraordinary work that it is. Mm. And it was an hour long. And so I think that also scared us because what's the audience going to think about, you know, when they're sitting there for an hour watching pas de deux after pas de trois after whatever... So I think Jerry was so happy and so pleased that he wanted to do another ballet Mm. immediately. And this was much shorter. Much shorter. (laughs) (laughs) And for dances, he never knew who he wanted to dance, which parts. Hmm. He never knew how the ballet was going to look. He knew how it was going to start and how it was going to end. Mm -hmm. But the in-betweens... We had so many versions up until almost the last day before we had these signs on either side of the stage. And one day it would be one way and the next day it would be another way and you'd have to know what was going on. We still have those signs. <laughs> we still need that order. And the order is set now, <laughs> but you still need set. a reminder because no, it's so reminder. long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we had a couple people who forgot from time to time, but um, he just came in and started and... I think he felt very relieved and very Mm. proud also Mm. and happy. Mm. So it was a very different experience than dances. And and he was was wonderful in dances, but it was just much more difficult. And he was not a quick choreographer. And he always compared himself to Mr. Balanchine with that. When I was in Jerry's company Mm -hmm. and I was 15 years old and I came from SAB and I'd never really worked with Mr. Balanchine, Jerry would be rehearsing, and he'd look at me and he'd say, I'm so sorry, I'm not as fast as Mr. Balanchine. And I thought, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But that's how he he always compared himself to Balanchine. And after dances, I think he felt very much more sure of himself. That's amazing. And uh, Christine, do you have any memories of where Jerry was at that point, post-dances and... When I was working with him in the 80s, he was in, of course, a different place in his life. And it was after Mr. B had passed away, so he was sort of in charge for a while with Peter, Mm -hmm. but he still didn't want all that responsibility with, you know, making the daily decisions. He just wanted to be in the studio, so he stopped that. But he was more mellow. I mean, he still chose qualities of Kay and Tony. Hmm. And like in the casting sheets, for a long time, dances still says, it may say Mo, but it says K, like in Goldberg, K and whatever. It's hmm. the people are named, the original cast members are still hmm. on the casting sheets hmm. for us to try to find similar qualities, yeah. you know. But he was still very, very clear. He knew every single count. And when he staged it elsewhere, he would create for those dancers whole different versions and Victor came back from Paris and he said Jerry because he created he had a ton of hours that they wonderfully gave to him that he insisted on and of course they got it right away or whatever so he just kind of went with what they were doing and did it on their bodies redid the whole thing so it's very very different from the version here and so Victor was like okay so what do we do now that we're coming back from Paris and Jerry just said just do what I did for City Ballet with City Ballet yeah 
in other places probably, but this is for Paris Opera. So, but he was in a pretty good mood. He could still blow a gasket at, at something, but not much within the night though, because I mm. think without him knowing it, I read something that he didn't realize how he nailed through the movement the young love, the fresh love that was Kay and, and Tony's Adida, mm. where you can't, just your eyes can't get enough of the mm. other person and that young needing to be with them all the time and that quiet love, love, love. And the second part of the contrast that was feel that the Peter, the mature, there's a military suggestion, so there's a power and a strength and a little bit of personality from the wife who wants to maybe break away from it, you know, get, <clears throat> I'm champing at this constriction. And mm. then the third, passionate part of the, And so many people in the audience just love this ballet for those reasons, because he somehow collected movements that were serving the inner selves of the dancers that bring that forward, and that's true now. Mm. That's the, the casts that are dancing it now, too. Mm. So that's a universal thing that he tapped into dances mm. in a wonderful way. Like I remember my father saying about Fred Astaire in the movie, he goes, I'd come out of all those movies and I thought I could dance with my girlfriend at the time, just like him, because mm. he made it look so easy mm. and natural unforced, unrehearsed one billion times till the feet were bleeding of Ginger Rogers or whatever that no one knew about. But Jerry, too, from rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing, had that cast of dances, and that's what he insisted on, the bring out their inner selves to what they were dancing. Mm. So you're not going, hi, Mom, but it was mm. real people. And so mm. in a very relaxed manner, which was different I think that was the main difference that people were like, wow, look at that, look at that. And then in the night, those aspects of the more different in, insides of uh, darker, and the whole set is darker, of mm -hmm, course, mm -hmm. in the night. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. Anyway. But he was able to articulate those characters yeah, or and show relationships. Them, as Kay said. Yeah. That's amazing. Kay, could you take us back to the first days of the rehearsal process, and what section did Jerry choreograph first? Did he start with your pas de deux? Do you know how he you know, kind of devised that? I don't that? really remember who, okay. what, but I'm, I'm sure we were doing it all at the same time, mm -hmm. most of the same time. Mm -hmm. But I remember that first lift that he wanted Tony to do, and Tony, Anthony Blum was a wonderful partner and very strong, but it's, a, it, it's going backwards and around a corner, you know, and, and difficult. Mm. And it took us a while to get it. But uh, we did, and Tony did. And mm. I remember Jerry loved lifts for the men. And at one point, it wasn't during in the night, but I think it was during dances when Mr. Balanchine said, you have to do a few less lifts because the men's backs were hurting. Then he gives us in the night and this first <laughs> lift coming out repeated twice, you know. <laughs> And I thought, poor Tony, but Mr. B didn't say anything, so I guess <laughs> it was all right. I guess it was all right. But um, I'm sure he was doing us all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't think one came first and because I, he knew what he wanted to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and was very specific. And as Chrissy said, he could show a lot more than what Mr. Balanchine showed in always. I mean, Balanchine wore these big shoes and would sort of go, this is it, ta-ta-ta-ti-ta-ta, you know, and you'd be trying to figure out what exactly he was doing. And Jerry was fairly specific about it all. Mm. So uh, it went quickly. It went really quickly. Wow. 
I thought it'd be helpful, and Christine, you've just spoke it so beautifully, the contrast of the three couples. But if y'all, you could even riff on each other, just kind of outlining who the people were in the original cast and maybe a comment or two about each of the three potatoes in order, just for the listeners to have a sense of the flow of the piece. You were the original. <laughs> it would be wrong for any of us to be like, well, the first part of it. Okay, so it was Tony and I, uh-huh. Anthony Blum, and then the second was Violette and Peter, mm-hmm. Violette Verdi and Peter Martins, mm-hmm. and the third was Patricia McBride and Frank Monsian, Francisco Monsian. And, you know, all very different dancers. And I, I was trying to remember if we had understudies, and I don't think we did right in the beginning, mm. which was very odd for him. He really knew he wanted to work with you I mean, Balanchine was different, but I don't think there were people behind us. I don't remember that at all. Mm. Victor was around all the time, Victor right. Castelli watching right. and learning. But those were the six dancers. And when he did the last movement where all six of us meet each other, that also was very quickly choreographed and not very long. And it was very amicable. It mm. was, I think, again, most of us had been with Jerry doing dances, so this was like sunshine, you know? Mm. I mean, it's not that we didn't love dances, but it was just so much work mm-hmm. for so many hours and for so many months that this was just a breeze, a real breeze. Not easy to do, yeah. not easy Hard to dance, yeah. but just he was more relaxed, so I think we mm. all were too. Mm. I think also that he had, I remember Victor, because Victor and I grew up together, he would ask Victor in the layoffs to come in and work on new choreography. And I don't remember the the girl, but I remember Victor saying that he was working on the new ballet, and he did that a number of times, because also he didn't want to waste the principal's time hmm. working out a lot of stuff like he would with the core and things, so, solos like that. But a lot of the people who he asked got very resentful at a certain point, going, yeah, right, this is my layoff, and... I'm not dancing it. so. But he did work out some things, I think, and as, and as I remember, a little bit of in the night in that fashion. So he had something to bring to the table when you guys showed up. It was quick. Yeah, yeah. it was quick. That's, yeah. And it's a great insight into his creative process, yeah. doing that kind of well, almost sketching with dancers at home. before. I think yeah. he'd listen to the music a lot, and he had the studio at home where he would do a, sketch out a lot in his living room on his own body, hmm. from what I understand. Hmm or heard, and then ask a couple of these dancers, can we try out some of this, hmm. sometimes for weeks at a time? And then he had a foundation of something frequently to go with. Yeah. And Chris, I mean, you worked with him a lot on different ballets, but he knew what he wanted exactly. Yes. And with Mr. Balanchine, I mean, it's it's very different, but when, when we had the Stravinsky Festival going on, Balanchine was choreographing so many different ballets at one time. Mm-hmm. And I remember he started the violin concerto, the first movement, on me. He did the whole thing, the first, I don't know how many bars of music, and then I had my exit with the four men on stage also. And then I got sick, and I was out for like a week, and I came back, and I had been learning other ballets, and I couldn't remember what he choreographed, and neither did Mr. Balanchine. And I will never forget it. I thought, how do I tell? The fellows didn't either. Nope, because we were all Learning working so on different much. things. Balanchine said, that's okay. I don't remember either. And so he choreographed what is now part of it. <laughs> but Jerry would have would have known it. 
Yeah. Jerry would have said, of course I remember. All right, come, we'll do it. Yeah. And Balanchine mm. didn't. He, and then he... He made something up. <laughs> he he did. it up. So the, I mean, the difference of how they how they worked and how they thought of it. And yeah. Jerry, I could imagine him working his own body and, yeah. and knowing every step because yeah. he told us how he wanted it danced yeah. always. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Kay, do you have any particular memories from the creation process of your potida? Were there intentions or imagery that Jerry conveyed to you all as he made it? Because what the music sounds like to me sounds dark. Mm. But it was, it, he never said this is about love, this is about nothing. Mm. He just wanted us to always move and keep moving as if you were in water. Mm. And, and big plies and big bending. And I'd remember he'd bend back and fall over sometimes, you know, but that's what he wanted. He didn't talk about what it meant mm. at all. Mm. But, I mean, you can sort of guess that there was a lot of movement and holding. And I wasn't surprised when we got on stage and they had darkness in there. Mm. I felt that's what it was going to be looking like. You mm. know, that's what it was going to feel like. So, mm. But he didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he chose dancers, though, that had an inside life going on stage. Generation after generation, he looked for those dancers. That's why the casting is, is careful mm-hmm. in many respects, because if you don't have that inner life and understanding of the gestures mm. to bring yourself to that, to make it real, because he's a man of the theater, too. So this is, it's specific, but it's not. But if, you, if you're acting, if you're like, oh, hi, in a big, loud voice, and the music is qu- quiet, it's so obnoxious. It's not. So he picked people who inherently, he didn't have to explain. He didn't have to give a whole scenario. Sometimes he would, but he never said in my presence either, this is a love pas de deux. He just would say, and it's sh- by the movement, by if you do the movement in a liquid way so it's seamless, mm. as Kay says, which is what he wants, and look at each other, the whole thing is done. It's done without having to go into, you know, West Side Stories, but you come on stage knowing who you are. Same idea here, but it's more abstract, but mm-hmm. through the movement and the music and what movements he chose, and then the dancers illuminate that. Mm. That's what makes those ballets really wonderful, and that clicks with the dancers mm. in front. When I've staged it, so you look for, a, you know, some unity or it's, or... And if I had, you know, someone who understands arguing, the real arguing. Like I had this in um, Ballet of Flanders, I staged in the night. And this married couple got it right away. <laughs> and also in the Royal Ballet, same thing. And usually it's the more mature artists who have the stage understanding and the naturalness being themselves on the stage. They're not performing. Mom, look at me. Mm. He hated that. He wanted the dancers to create the atmosphere between themselves so we're looking, we as the audience are looking at them. It's not the dancers coming out like Symphony in C. Beautiful, mm-hmm. unbelievable, but it's too, it's giving that shine out mm. to um, not saying that the, the, the drama of In the Night, but it's more, the audience is watching these people, mm. feeling these things for each other. That's what he was very good at nailing okay insisting on it and boiling it down and mm-hmm. shedding the false moments and that's what hopefully that still comes across you weren't supposed to be acting mm-hmm. you were yeah. supposed to be feeling the moment with the other person mm-hmm. yeah. that you're dancing with yeah. and being with and looking and, and bringing your life with that you know mm-hmm. 
at the moment through the gestures to the person that you're dancing with to make it real. Mm -hmm. And this woman mm -hmm. over here, who's currently dancing it, has that. It's really fun. It's so, I'm so not combative. I don't like raising my voice. I'm not somebody who's like, has a quick temper. I'm very even tempered. I love doing that third potato though. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is so, so much fun to kind of use the, because I have a fire inside of me. Usually comes out in other ways, but it's fun to use that mm -hmm. kind of like a little bit of spark that I have. And it's, I dance it with Andy Bayette, and he is, has a quick temper. And like, he is perfect for this pot. <laughs> um, but it's fun to do it with him because he knows we would dance together a lot, and he knows how like docile I am and like easygoing. Um, but he always jokes that before we dance this, we have to like get in some sort yeah. of silly little argument to. <laughs> kind of build that up, build up the little tension. Yeah. But I love exploring that side of myself mm. and in a very safe space. It's one of my favorite things to dance. That's amazing. These things are all networked together. We can talk about them as they relate to the different sections of the ballet. But beginning with you, Kay, what are some of the challenging moments for you that you remember from the choreography? Again, what Jerry kept saying was moving, mm. never stopping. Mm bending, big plie, and sometimes it was very slow. I mean, Gordon was playing, Gordon Bolzner, who was extraordinary, right. extraordinary, but Jerry would want it even slower, <laughs> pull it out and pull it out and pull it out. That was the most difficult. to think about it, I don't know if I ever felt I did it well enough, mm. as well as, as, as good enough for Jerry. Mm. You know, and I think that's what happens when you have a part done for you. You want to have the choreographer be happy, and he never said he wasn't, but I just, mm. I always felt I could do a little bit more with it, and um, you know, it was, it was challenging. Mm. As fast as it was done, it was more challenging than dances. Mm. And dances was harder technically, probably, much, much harder. But this was uh, tougher, mm. tougher, and a, a good challenge. Mm -hmm. But um, I never felt I got it 100%. Again, what Chris was saying was it wasn't supposed to be dramatic. It was not, it was supposed to be feeling your feelings inside. But meanwhile, we had to do a lot of sort of awkward more awkward steps than I was used to, and I, I was always challenged in it, but it was good. Did you have favorite moments in the choreography, Kay, or moments that you felt were really rewarding I to loved, do? I loved the first lift. <laughs> <laughs> Hard for Tony, but fun I for you, it. flying I backwards. Mean, to, to, yeah, floating. <laughs> floating. Floating backwards twice. It was pretty remarkable. Then the next part, I wasn't crazy about <laughs> But um, I loved that. I loved it. And Tony never complained, and so I guess it was okay for him, but it wasn't where you could bend backwards. You had to, he had to lift you sort of dead weight almost up and then move and carry you around. And that I would say I loved, mm. I loved that. And I loved the ending with the six dancers dancing together. Mm. Mm. I thought so that was simple. just 
remarkable and how you go to a different partner at one point and then you go back to your partner. I mean, it was ju it was just wonderful to dance and yeah. finish that way. Mm. It was a it's a, such a beautiful ballet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that too because each couple has been in their own space in the night and then they all of a sudden can meet by accident and that's in the score that it's the cocktail party. I love it. So they all go <laughs> politely, how do you do, talk to each other, ask them how their stocks are doing, I'm not sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then they all say, you know, drift away back into their own worlds and just so simple, the last waltz as the lights are dimming and they're going off into the night so again. Perfect. It's just magical mm. and so beautiful with those nocturnes. Mm -hmm. I mean, unbelievable. Mm. He, got, he got, I think, to the heart of it. It's such a pleasure to work on it. Mm. And, and luckily, I've not had ever, ever, ever a dancer who was like, oh, really? They're like, oh, my God. They want more. Every single dancer I've ever worked with on any of his stuff, actually, love what they feel on that stage mm. the freedom it's like being a kid once you get the choreography in there and get the musicality mm. and what he wanted the textures that he wants the textures are the most thing the thing that's super important otherwise it's flat mm. but if it's real from the dancer and they understand that it's glorious because it's i think it's like that what my dad said about fred astaire you think oh yeah well she's dancing but i could do that it looks mm. so fun and easy like the giggle dance and and you know or even in the night yeah sure but or you know they just and it's a beauty that we all need yeah you yeah. Know? yeah i always feel that way with a lot of the robins ballets you get to really be yourself like mm. you really get to and like dig down and find something inside of you that you didn't know you had and every time i dance a new one I, the most recent one was piano pieces that was new for me, and that was really special. You just get to like put it out there, and mm. at, at that point, I was didn't I didn't particularly care if the audience loved me because I was having the time of my life. Mm. I was like dancing exactly how I wanted to, and exactly the way I wanted to. That just felt like me, mm. and that's I feel like in the night dances. There's so many that he gave us. That's like a gift. For us dancers, we always say backstage, we're like, this is a ballet for the dancers. Mm. This is a ballet for us. Like, it's our little team, and mm. we get to go out there and have a good time, just us. And if the audience falls asleep, that's okay. Because <laughs> we get to do this for us. And, and that's just what he wanted. Yeah. Right? Mm. Hey, put, yeah. put you on yeah. to help figuring it out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the effect was good. In the, in oh, the second, so nice. Yeah. In the second part of the... Uh, that's the one that you began in yes. Unity. That's with, the one made with for you. Well, uh, learning it, we l did <laughs> learn it together with Miss Christine, which is a great joy to do. It was so much fun to work on, but that was the first one that you did. Yes, and that was the one made for Violet Verdi yes. and Peter Martins. And what were some of the challenges and rewards of that second pas de deux? I did that second pas de deux when I was very young. That was like baby unity could hardly stand up straight <laughs> and I did it for the first time when I went to do the Spoleto Festival with Miami City Ballet at the Spoleto Festival with Chase Finley and they just sent just me and Chase and we did Afternoon of a Fawn and the second part of Dead in the Night and I didn't have Christine I didn't have anyone else but we it was just the two of us and that was the first time I think that I had really like been by myself mm. 
trying trying to make sure the performance looked good. Mm. And there were some tricky moments of that. There's one promenade that I had a lot of trouble with back then. And when I came back to the second potida recently for a regional tour, I was I was getting to this promenade and started rehearsing. I was like, oh no, I hope this goes okay. And we did it and I was like, wow, that was very easy. <laughs> um, so that was a fun kind of growth moment. But there's there's some tricky moments. But I love, there's a moment in the second pot of dough where the woman's by herself in the corner and she has a little, like, outburst, little suit and four. Double pirouette. Pick your arm up. Back, big lip. Like, it's, and that, I always loved that moment. That was like, you got to let it go. And then you go back with each other and you're like, okay, I'm back. Everything's fine. Nothing Decorum is restored. Yes. Um, but there, there are parts of it that were definitely tricky. But again, coming back to it, I, th- I think it was like maybe five years later I came back to it. Mm. And I was very happily surprised that it was not as big of a technical concern mm. the second time around. Well, each one of the potatoes has so many really interesting yes. partnering moments. And in the second potato, one of the most striking is when the man flips the woman upside down. And then on a trill in the music, her foot starts to tremor. And she's doing sere upside down. And then as he lowers her to the ground, it then becomes bores. And those same feet start skimming across the yeah. floor. And it's kind of arresting to look at. And it's so musical. What does it feel like to dance and be upside down and start trembling with your foot? What does that feel like? My favorite thing about, especially the third pot of now, is it's all about the coordination with your partner. Mm. It's all about if you guys are on the same mm. page, if you guys know what you're doing, then there's nothing to worry about. And so that moment, I always did my solo and put my leg out and hoped that the guy just picked me up and put me <laughs> upside down. And the audience would always like... <gasps> it's a gas. A little gas. For sure. So I always loved that because... Not that I need the audience to be participating in the show, but you kind of forget sometimes that mm. there are people out there because you're in your own world. You're dancing with your partner. You're, I'm not really thinking about it. And that I was always like, oh, and it's a perfect timing because that's really when the decorum picks back up. That's mm. when you like have to kind of reassert yourself as this person who knows exactly what's going on. No outburst. You're totally fine. So I, I loved that moment. You kind of have to a lot of trust with mm. your partner to not drop you on your head. But mm. I love, I, I'm upside down a lot now these days. In different ballets. My repertoire is very we're much flipper upside, upside down and send her on her way. Well, apropos of that, every single one of the potatoes has some upside down moment. Yeah. You have your over the, he takes you head over heels mm-hmm. in your potato K, and there's mm-hmm. a similar swooping upside mm-hmm. down thing for the third couple also. There's a lot of, there's a lot of head over heels <laughs> in the night. Maybe, I don't know, head over heels in love, I don't know, but right. there's a lot of head over heels in, yeah. in the night. What were some of y'all's thoughts about the second potada as you watched Violette and Peter Kay or as you watched other people dance? What did you think about that second one? Well, Violette was a very special dancer, and Jerry just, I mean, look what he did, that variation in dances. Mm. 
that he did for her. The Green Girl, unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> that was Violette, and so was that second movement, Violette, and just and again with the upside down and her foot. I, it was yeah. just magical, absolutely magical. And I remember watching it and thinking, I would like to dance that. <laughs> You're like, I like that second <laughs> one. What if I could Why do the second am one? Why you know, <laughs> swabbing around the floor and, you know, moving and bending and all. But um, it, it just, she was just extraordinary in that. And he, he caught her. He really caught her. Mm. And and it's funny, you didn't ask me about Patty, but mm. when mm-hmm. you think about Patty, yeah, it's not one. what I would have ever thought of her yeah. To be the tempestuous one. She was not that person. But between her and Frank, I mean, it was just, again, something that you said, oh, I want to see that again. I want to see it again and again because look at those two people. And there was Peter in his finery, Mm -hmm. you know, being very, very... Regal in a way. Yes, very. And so, I mean, it was Mm. just... Mm. Jerry just did such an incredible... Yeah. And I think we all felt very thankful that we were in that ballet. But that's so interesting. It's like in the one with Violet, you felt like really nailed who Violet was. And the other one, he drew something out of Patty that you didn't yeah. expect. So yes. like, that's Not that's a all. genius Not at work. All. And, you know, Frank Muncian was quite a bit older than Patty, but it still looked exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So. And Christine, what were some of your thoughts watching either the second or the third as we're kind of riffing on those two pas de deux? Like when you were in the company, you saw this ballet premiere. Like, I what did you think watching Violet oh and Patty? God, I loved and, all of them. And Kay. I loved each one and, yeah. and saw like their inner selves in a way. Hmm. The fire in Violet, that, you know, this composed, sophisticated woman, and then this fiery French passion would fly around sparks and that little thing. <laughs> that tiny oh, like, Yowza. And, and then Peter being, come my dear, it's just fine. You know, whatever, <laughs> with that one gesture. And, you know, that's inherent in the choreography too, but the perfection of those two people and the dreamy qualities of Kay and, and mm. Tony together. Mm. You know, just the two of them dancing together was such magical thing. It was magical in dances and magical in a different way, other qualities shone from their inner beings as well together mm. in that role. And then, yeah, Patty was really flying around there arguing, and, you know, her voice was really high. So you would never <laughs> expect her to be very argumentative. Or, you know, she's so sweet. She's so I sweet. I love that woman. But uh-huh. to have that, as Kay said so well, you know, to have her being fierce yeah. was startling (laughs) and Frank was fierce back at her Heartbreakingly, well, could y'all describe that for the uh, listeners? Yeah. What happens at the end of the well, third? Well, it's it's just like everyone needs to be reminded that this is just squabbling. These are two people who will really love each other, and you're just fighting, going, "I'm right, no, I'm right," and you're just irritated. You slam the doors and you go out and you shut up. I'm not talking to you. I'm leaving. I'm gonna check into a hotel, but you come back. Hmm. You open that door. And that's what it is. And everybody can identify with that, or so many people, mm-hmm. you know, just that you 
you have arguments and the doorknob falls off, so you laugh, you know. You <laughs> slam the door. <laughs> Bang. And it's two equals fighting. Mm-hmm. Not fighting at each other. There's no kind of abuse going on. Mm-hmm. It's just two people intensely love each other, disagree about anything, mm-hmm. a lot of things maybe. I'm right, no, I'm right type of silliness that we all have. And yet, ultimately, it's no matter what the rock bottom is, I'll always come home. Mm. I'll always be there, or and vice versa. So it's that mutual thing that is so beautiful and so simple. How we did it from a lift and the drop, and then they're done. And the, and the touching, mm. Chris. Uh, yeah, the touching. Mm. Yeah. It was like. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I res- I respect you. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm, I recognize. Right. I, I yes. recognize that. And every part together. of you. And mm. yet it can't be subservient. Mm-hmm. And it never it's, is. It's, yeah. Yeah. It can't be. Uh, sometimes in rehearsals it is. I'm going. Arr, no. 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 It's not. You're not. No. Not you're not subservient. Right. You are equals. Yeah. And his just standing there is not. Sure. You know. Ooh, hate you, but go ahead. You know, type of thing. It's mm. nothing of that. It's. It's just sheer acceptance Mm. of who he is, who she is. Mm. And he loves her just as much. And he looks down at her and he brings her up. Just with those gestures, just yeah. told, so hit to the heart of all kinds of things that are subliminal, but people just go, wow, I really like that. Mm. They don't have to know what the steps are. They don't have to know. It's not specifically dramatic. It's not she's going to go kill herself or, you know, it's mm. nothing specific, but yeah. it's evocative of the, our human spirit, yeah. which is so wonderful. Each one of them, each one of the paradas, which mm-hmm. is why. I just love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a masterpiece. It's such a beautiful ballet, and there's so much human emotion and human nature in it, and it feels very real, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what art kind of should be. Mm-hmm. So. And that's the credit to the dancers who dance it. Mm-hmm. Get to make that. Yeah. Kay, what do you remember from the opening night of In the Night? Everybody was just so happy, so happy, and he was too. Mm. All went very well. Jerry had a big smile on his face, and we and again when somebody choreographs for you, you want them to be happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think everything went very well, and so different than our opening night of dances, mm-hmm. where we were all totally unsure of what was going to happen with that ballet. So mm-hmm. we were pretty sure this was going to go over very well, and it did. And the critics loved it. Walter Terry talked about, have you seen a nocturne? I have. And he gave this whole beautiful review about Jerry's ability to visualize the nocturnes and the bodies. Another critic talked about it. This is the first time we've seen Jerry show the really maturity of relationships through choreography and some of the things you were talking about earlier, Christine. So kind of by all measurements from the dancers, from him, from the critics, it seemed like it was a great ballet. And it has lasted. It really has lasted. Christine, I wanted to ask you a question about what deeper insight you felt you gained into the ballet once you became Jerry's assistant, working on it. Just how 
much even deeper from what he gave me as a dancer. Hmm. I remember him drilling me in, in dances and giggle and all of that to bring my truth, to try to now then do that for other dancers, hmm. to encourage them, okay, here's the, here's the choreography, here's the timing. Now you need to bring yourself. I'm, I can't tell, I don't want to tell you where that is, that has to come from you. Mm. You, Unity, you, Andy. It's going to be different than Tyler Peck and Gilbert or whoever, you know, whoever's going to dance it in the Royal Ballet. Those people brought their truth to it. And that's what we all know the truth when we see or hear it or read it or mm -hmm. whatever it is. You go, oh, but to encourage that to come. And, and that's what I want to see. That, mm -hmm. That's what I want to see and have them find because it's such a joyful thing. Mm -hmm. It's so wonderful to to feel that to dance it. It's so satisfying and Mr. B's stuff too in a different way. But this these you know in the night too specifically is is such a a truthful place to be whichever potato you're involved in. Mm -hmm. People get that mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't acting. Mm. No, it wasn't it's acting. the real that people in the front of you. Of yeah. Don't yeah. act. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just do. Do yeah. what yeah. you're feeling inside. Mm -hmm. But don't act it. Yeah. And very subtle. Yeah, it has to be Actually. real from your inside self. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Unity, how do you feel that the, the ballet has helped you develop as an oh. artist? Because you've done the second pas de deux, now you've done the third pas de deux. How do you feel it's helped inform uh, your artistry and your It's hugely... Especially when I was young, doing a pas de deux, that was a big deal for me. That was like, I think I maybe I think I was a soloist at that point. I'd just been promoted to soloist, mm. and it kind of felt like this really cool club. I got to be in the in the night club. I was like, wow! I actually I've ne I've never performed the third pas de deux here. It's my right. debut because I've done it elsewhere. So this season is actually my New York City debut of the third pas de deux, which is crazy because I feel like I've done it so many times. Mm. But it's, it's one that I feel like I can come back to and have a deeper understanding of and have more life experience to go into it and mm. more information and more knowledge. And I feel like that is so informative of the way I dance it. And it's also one that I can be really spontaneous and kind of like not playful, but I can make choices. Mm -hmm. And none of them are wrong because it's all coming from that honest place and there's the deeper understanding of the dance I'm doing. Mm. So I think that it is a vehicle for me to not only have gotten to where I am, but to continue growing from mm. there, which is why I love doing it. Mm. I love, I always look forward to the in the night rehearsals. I always get there early and make sure I'm really warm and really ready to go. Mm. Today, Andy walked in like a couple minutes before, and he was like, wow, you're warm. You're like, you've been doing a bar. And I was like, yeah, Andy. He's like, I'm really excited about this. I went, I'm, we're going to go. And I, he was like, do you think you're going to run it? And I was like, I don't know. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and we put on hand and was like, I don't think we're going to run that. I was like, yeah, you're probably jealous of my bar right now. Because um, <laughs> you were so prepared. <laughs> I love rehearsing it. I love working on it. I love finding the nuances, the intricacies, mm. the making sure the partnering is super smooth, working out all those little kinks. That's like, but that's what I love about being a dancer, I think, is the process. The work. Yeah, the work. That's beautiful. Makes rehearsing uh, the late hours okay because you have beautiful <laughs> music and beautiful choreography, yes. so you can do it. You, you know can make I mean? it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's 
<laughs> long days in the land of ballet, in the <laughs> land of beauty. Yeah, if you're going to end the day, that's a nice way to do it. Definitely. Yeah. And Cade, how did you feel the ballet helped you develop as an artist? Because where it came in your career and how you kept dancing it after it was made. When it's choreographed on you, I think it's mm. different. You, Again, what I said before, you mm. want the choreographer to be pleased. Mm. I mean, I always felt that with mm -hmm. Balanchine or whoever mm -hmm. and Jerry because they know what they want it to look like. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I would say anything about artistry. It was, am I mm. doing what they want to be seeing up on stage? Yeah. Now, if it was a ballet dance by somebody else, and then I had to dance it, then I think it's you're growing a little bit more. Yeah, that's interesting. In a way, because yeah. then you're yeah. growing and you're trying to replicate something, but not copy, hmm. you know, and, and put your own into it. So that, to me, was the growth. But when it's choreographed for you, absolutely, it it is what that choreographer wants you to be dancing yeah but it's to me it was more them than than the dancer you know yeah. it was more they put this into it they are getting this out of me am i giving them what they want That's so I, it's, a, it's a different way of, of looking yeah. sort of at, at things yeah um and both are are wonderful, but I, I it's so much easier if something's choreographed on you because nobody's done it before. There's no yeah. precedent. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, can, you know you do what you want with it, but the choreographer is there. You know that he knows what he wants. It was such a gift, mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. so. That's beautifully articulated. Are there any closing thoughts that any of you would want to share about Jerry or about this ballet? Glad he was around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Glad he made such a great God. ballet. Glad he yeah. left us these beautiful creations to keep alive yeah. with these dancers. Mm. It's, yeah. it's very, very cool. It's great. A gift. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. Well, Kay, thank you for helping Jerry bring the idea forth at its inception. And Christine, thank you for faithfully stewarding these ballets all these years. So. And thank you, Unity, for bringing them to life this season. <laughs> thank you all for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Simon. To learn more about Jerome Robbins and In the Night, please consult the reading list that can be found in the notes for this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll join me again to hear the dance.